Hello and welcome to Talking Cop from Bankers for Net Zero. I'm Naomi Kerbel and you're joining me on the ground in Sharm El Sheikh, Egypt for COP27. We're in the green zone on the Bankers for Net Zero pavilion, so excuse the scurrying back and forth of people. There might be some banging and, and clapping and laughing, you never know. And today I'm joined by Julia Groves, Managing Director of Sustainability at the British Business Bank. Thank you for coming on, Julia. Not at all. Now, I want to know from you, because we've spent a few days together here at COP, what are your kind of day four reflections of COP? The contrast, I think. Absolute amazing contrast. Whether it's the temperature outside and then the absurd amount of air conditioning inside, which we keep turning off. Somebody else is turning it back on. But also I think it's a bit of the haves and the have-nots, you know, the conversation between the very, very wealthy nations for whom this is slightly more of a long-term good idea to get sorted to the islands and the little nations for whom it's an immediate emergency. So it's a very, very diverse crowd. And on the ground, what I'm experiencing, and we had this on the first day, is we ran out out of water. There was no food available. There, There still really isn't any food. And I suppose that's right, that totally stark contrast, right? We're in Africa. And as a result, we as delegates are experiencing that too. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not exactly famine, but certainly you and I have been forced to eat breakfast for lunch. And I think most of us are vegetarians and that hasn't gone so well either. So it's a very different culture. But equally, some incredible individuals and the projects that they're doing, and of course, there's nothing more inspiring than speaking to somebody who's got their own small business, who can explain to you how they've been working with farmers over years and they're planting trees and they're getting the carbon credits. It absolutely just makes your heart sing. And this is my first ever COP. So what I've found remarkable is we're on the Banks for Net Zero stand. People come up and they, as you say, they want to share their stories. You know, I work in communications. We bang on about key messages, Mm. making sure you understand Mm. them, know them inside Mm. out. These guys don't have agencies like me working for them. And yet they know it. They live it. They breathe Mm. it. And they want to talk to you about it and sell it to you and excite you about it as well. It's a beautiful thing about small businesses, particularly when you've got a founder who's still there. And it's definitely one of the reasons why I joined the bank from that perspective, is that this is all about SMEs. And we know that they are half the emissions of the UK. We've got nearly 6 million companies. And these are the innovators. These are the guys who are going to solve the problem about the technology, who can be nimble and who could be quick. I don't have quite so much treacle to wade through because, look, there is some treacle here, Naomi, it has to be said. We know we need unilateral agreements, we need global standards, we need to collaborate and work together. So it's just very useful to get that slight awakening when somebody comes into the room and talks with passion about the business that they believe in and the difference they think they're making. And we'll talk a bit later about making it frictionless Mm. for them, easier for them. But before we do that, I'd love to get more of an understanding about the role that you play, which I understand is a relatively new role at the British Business Bank, the first of its kind, and exactly what the bank is, what it was set up for, and a bit of that background, please. Absolutely. Not everyone has heard of the British Business Bank. I don't think I had a few years ago, so no apologies needed. Look, it's the UK's economic development bank with a particular focus on SMEs. And so one of the things which really appealed to me six months ago when I decided to join was the fact that it has a purpose based on sustainable growth and prosperity and enabling the transition to net zero for SMEs. Because rather than this being necessarily a a fluffy, impactful activity, if you genuinely believe that over a number of years we're going to see 
major changes in employment, in consumer attitudes, in regulations, in tax, in technology, and of course in carbon. This is a big job and we all need to make that transition together over time. So that was wonderful to come from private equity into what's basically a government bank with that front and centre headline saying that, that is the point of what we do. So I guess we're a wholesale bank, that might be one way of looking at it, or a fund of funds. We don't do much funding ourselves directly to the SMEs. We give them money through the fund partners, through banks, through lenders who then put it on out and try and deploy it broadly across the UK. We want maximum, maximum diversity in the financial system. And some of that is because of 2008, banking crisis, this concept that we might have a small number of banks that are too big to fail and too big to jail. We need a wide range of funders to get not just diversity of choice and improved access to finance for SMEs, but for financial stability of the economy itself. And that really goes straight into the levelling up agenda, right? Yeah, it's super important. So we were very happy to receive 1.6 billion, the last spending review, 1.6 that we can now deploy and are just starting to deploy across the regions and nations of the UK because we know that the talent is there and there are great opportunities and that the solutions will be found. We've just got to make sure the money flows to those parts. You know, the Heineken of finance is the short. Okay, that's nice. Heineken of finance, I, I like it. There's the strap line. So with the Bankers for Net Zero, how does that partnership work in particular? So it's understandable and probably absolutely right that you start at the top. So with the FCA and our regulators, with um, global companies, all committing to these massive changes to the way they do business, their net zero targets. Behind every Tesco, there's a supply chain. And it's not long before you get from the great big international companies down to a UK SME. And what we're concerned about is that because they've got their hands full with their short-term survival mode almost at the moment, particularly given energy prices, which for some industries are very, very challenging, they don't have time, they don't have capacity, they don't have the skills and experience to think ahead about what this might mean in the long term. So what is great for a bank or for a public company saying, I'm going to commit to net zero, all they will do is turn around, look at their supply chain, look at the banks who have their bank accounts with them and ask them to say, right, what is your net zero transition plan? What are your emissions? Are they going down? So we risk having this massive, exciting, diverse, innovative group of people being cut out of the opportunities, which is the last thing we want to see. So the reason why I got involved with Bankers for Net Zero is it's very, very focused on implementation. Yeah, so let's take the commitments and the promises and let's turn that into action. And what's really important is the data. How do we make it frictionless for SMEs? Can they just go into their bookkeeping? Can they go into their bank account and can they just see what their carbon emissions are, what the starting point is. And then maybe, if I can ask for a tiny bit more, having seen where they are today, can we give them the top three things that they can do to get those emissions down? But it's got to be that frictionless. They can't go out and hire consultants to come and work it out for them. But when you think about it, there's only really three things SMEs have in common. They have a bank, they have to do accounts, and they have some form of energy. And for those who are more au fait, if we're talking about scope one and scope two, greenhouse gas emissions, we can get a lot of the way just on a spend basis from bank accounts and just get started. So if we think about what's happening today for SMEs and the plans that you are with Bankers for Net Zero and the other partners putting in place, what does the tomorrow look like? What's that kind of work stream? Because here we are at COP, the whole theme is implementation. What are you hoping for once we get to Dubai at COP28? So we don't think this needs to be particularly 
difficult or complex. If we can just have a reasonably small ambition to start with, we think it's entirely possible this time next year, when I'm hopefully speaking to you again, we will have a live platform. Now, it's going to be limited in scope. You can call it a minimal viable product, but we will be able to demonstrate that we have a single approach across banks, accountancy firms and energy. So from the SME's point of view, they've got one carbon footprint no matter who asks them where it came from. And that should be feasible now. We will have to expand sectors, we'll have to have conversations with our partners internationally, but it's just taking all the amazing, clever reporting frameworks and coming up with a really, really simple, basic, common data model that works for all of our SMEs. So that's where I want to be this time next year. And where do you start with that? Because you said it's a small scope to start with. Where do you start? So I think energy is the logical place to go. So, you know, for businesses, quite a lot of them don't have any scope one emissions because they don't own their buildings. I mean, only about a third of companies in the UK, of the SMEs, actually own their premises. Another third of them work from home. So we have to be thinking about energy consumption. Maybe we go as far as transport from that point of view. So scope one and scope two, literally one what am I using by way of heat, cooling, electricity? What am I using by way of fuel? And that can be done in the course of a weekend by pulling out the bills. The much more complicated stuff when you're looking at your procurement and your scope three, we leave till a later date. It's not that we don't need to get there, but it's super important that you can take one step and get it done and then sit back and pour yourself a glass of wine because you've got to that level. And I think suddenly, once you've taken the first bite, it's nothing like as hard as people think it is. That's it. So COP28, we do that. COP29, it's the next thing and on and on and build out. And the reality is that the, these standards are not, we're learning all the time. So it is like changing the wheel in a car that's going at 60 miles an hour. And unfortunately, we can't slow the car down and the wheel has got to get changed. So we just have to live with the fact that we're learning and evolving and it has to be a global solution. But we can design that in. So we just assume this is organic and we update and we review all the time. As we get better information and better data and better technology, it'll improve. We have got some time to get there. The important thing is we have to start as soon as possible. I'm just wondering who's driving that car. <laughs> <laughs> A final question that I like to ask all of the guests who have been coming on Talking Cop is, what are you individually doing to make a difference? I mean, obviously you've got a big role, but I, I want to go sort of more granular than that, okay. almost into the Julia Grove supply yep. chain, chain yep. if I may. And also, what's the one recommendation that you would give to the audience listening? Hmm. Well, I've been a long adopter of solar and electric vehicles, etc. from that point of view. I think, you know, the easiest first step for anyone to do is just to switch and move across to a renewable energy tariff, um, whether that's for their business or whether that's at home. I think food is an important thing as well. Um, I've toyed with being vegan. I did a couple of years of that and I've ended up in kind of a nice blended space where I'm just reducing down and thinking about local and thinking about transport from that point of view. I think the most important thing is to talk about it and normalize it. I still have friends who are slightly further behind me, I would say, on the sustainability curve. But I mean, I think things like buying your clothes secondhand, these are how I can justify holidays. I love going to the sun. So my bad habit, I guess, is flying from that perspective and therefore I need to do a lot more to compensate in different ways. But from my perspective, I could be choosing to use my talents and my time on anything. For me, the British Business Bank has this extraordinary reach with the SMEs across the UK. We have these wonderful relationships with our delivery partners and if I can help them help their SMEs, that feels like a really good use of a couple of years of my life. Listen, thank you very much and good luck with the rest of this week at COP and also with this SME Workstream going on into the next year on to COP28. We'll see you then.
That was Julia Groves, Managing Director of Sustainability at the British Business Bank. Now, Bankers for Net Zero is hosting a programme of events at COP27 in the Green Zone. You can follow them via their website, bankersfornetzero.co.uk, and go to the COP-specific page, and each one of those events has a link to a live stream. And you can subscribe to this podcast to get episodes of Talking COP as soon as they drop on the ground here in Sharm el-Sheikh. I'm Naomi Kerbel, and you've been listening to Talking COP from Bankers for Net Zero.